It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take just a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. I've mentioned on my show that I have a book coming out, and it's coming out this week. It's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, which features some of the best interviews from the show. And one of my favorites, which is featured in the book, is Greg Reed, who is a multiple-time best-selling author, speaker, and filmmaker. He had the opportunity to fil- to interview former boxing heavyweight champion Evander Holyfield, and he asked Evander how he won so many titles. Here's a response that was that he had a higher standard than everyone else. He worked harder and pushed himself further than most people would. He said that when they put the championship belt around him, he would forget about all the punches he took that night, but the loser of the fight would remember every single bruise he had because that guy didn't have a higher standard. I thought it was a great lesson, and I was blessed to hear Greg tell that story on my show, and it's in my new book. You can order that book starting tomorrow on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your favorite retailer. Again, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. And with all this in mind, I want to introduce my very special guest. His name is Dean Lindsay. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Dean Lindsay is an author, speaker, and host of C-Suite Network TV's show called The Dean's List. Dean is a humorous and thought-provoking business speaker and consultant and a noted authority on helping organizations create work cultures based on three things. Number one, enhancing customer experiences. Number two, building priceless business relationships. And number three, thinking progress leadership, not change management. He's got several books, including How to Achieve Big Fat Goals, The Progress Challenge, and Cracking the Network Code, Four Steps to Priceless Business Relationships. Combined, they've sold over 100,000 copies worldwide and have translated into many languages, including Chinese, Hindi, Polish, Korean, Spanish, and Greek. His latest book coming out this fall is Think Progress Leadership, Not Change Management. He's been a featured contributor to CEO World Magazine, Training Magazine Europe, Networking Times, and many more, including the audio magazine Selling Power Live. His work has been endorsed by Brian Tracy, Ken Blanchard, and Jay Levinson, among many others. We will talk about so much today on the show, and here we are with Dean Lindsay. How are you today, my friend? Rock and roll. Thanks for having me on your show, and congrats on the new book. Thank you. I am fired up and excited. It's going to be really fantastic. In fact, a couple days ago, I went to one of my local Barnes & Noble stores, and uh, asked them about doing a book signing. And they said, we aren't going to be doing book signings for a while. However, if you want to sign the copies of your book that we have in inventory, you can do that. And we will put a sticker on it that says autograph copy. And we'll display that. And people love that. I said, sure, I'll do that. So Fantastic. that was fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. So this is great. So Dean, tell us how you got started. This show is all about you. So what, what's your background? What did you overcome? How did you get to where you are right now? Wow. What an interesting question. You know, I think, I think what I mainly overcame was just my preconceived notion of what I was supposed to do with the gifts I was given. And it kind of took me a while to figure out what I was really supposed to be doing with them. But, uh, I come from a, from a, um, 
presentation, performance background, which also means kind of a psychology background, um, a lot of experience on stages from high school through colleges in in uh, plays, and I was in Up With People, and and I was in uh, television shows and movies, and at the same time acting coaching and performance coaching, and and that turned into a whole lot about communication and confidence, and and um, then you started kind of researching various topics. I was I always knew that speaking was uh, no, you know what? I didn't ever know that speaking, you know, was really kind of a profession. And I remember a um, college instructor telling me after a presentation I'd given, you know, a speech I'd given, saying, "Hey, I think you could really make a career of this." And I was, I was kind of like in my mind, I was like, "Oh, you have no idea." I mean, I'm going to be the next De Niro. You know, I mm-hmm. wasn't really, I wasn't really pitching to be a speaker. So uh, it took me a while to kind of come around to to uh, speaking and and uh, researching you know business topics uh and but i mean now i've been doing it for 18 years so it's it was uh, uh the transition over from performance coach actor to to uh speaker and author uh, i made wow. that transition a while back that's great i love up with people back in high school um we went to an assembly program and they probably had several touring companies but uh, yeah up with people was fun i loved it it was great so I want to ask you. You said that you enjoyed acting. You do you like you like Shakespeare, don't you? Hey, yeah. I usually, I usually quote uh, Shakespeare in most of my talks. And I was very blessed. Literally, the day after I graduated graduated high school, I moved to East Texas, and I'm a founding member of the Texas Shakespeare Festival, which is which is now 32 uh, years strong. But uh, yeah, I, I, I've I've had a relationship with the Bard for a long time. What is your favorite Shakespeare play? A Midsummer Night's Dream. That's a good one. That's a good one. In fact, uh, one time I, I had a friend who one time did that, and they reimagined it. Instead of it taking place in a forest, it took place on a dude ranch. It was fascinating. And about halfway through the play, they all forgot, and they just reverted back to the forest, and none of us cared. <laughs> that's funny. That Actually, that's funny that you say that, Brian. That's one of the reasons I like that play so much is because it can you can m- play with it so much and still keep the – well, you can do with a lot of Shakespeare's plays, but that's that's one that I've seen done uh, probably four or five different ways that all, that all worked. Yeah. So you also mentioned being an acting coach. Tell us who you've worked with. There is at least one very famous person that you've worked with. Well, it was the highlight, most definitely. Um, back in the '90s, I was, you know, kind of here in the in the in the uh, Southwest or in the Dallas Fort Worth area, was known as as one of the top teen acting coaches. And at that time, Leanne Rhymes, uh, she was 15 at the time, came through town to shoot a movie of the week, and they realized that she didn't have any acting experience, and so uh, they had a, a bunch of interviews with different acting coaches in the area and chose me. So I got to be. Uh, Leanne Rhymes is on set acting coach uh, for the movie of the week that she did with Bernadette Peters and then ended up getting a, a scene in the movie with Bernadette Peters. That's awesome. Now, this must have been 1998 because in 1996, when I moved out to Arizona, her first song, Blue, had just come out. And she was 13 at the time. That was right. It is exactly that. You're exactly right. It was right after that. It had to be. You're absolutely right. 98 because uh, we have a picture of her holding uh, my first daughter. Um, she was around one and my daughter was born in 97. So. Good job, sir. That's exactly right. Right. So tell us about Days of Our Lives. Yeah, that was a trip. What basically happened there was uh, she um, uh, she was dating. You know how that all happens. She was dating a, uh, uh, one of the actors um, in the show and uh, got to be on Days of Our Lives and said, hey, I don't want to 
just phoned this in. So she she brought me out to, to coach her on Days of Our Lives as well. That's been, how long was she on it? Was it just a, a bit part? It, it was it 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 spawned over uh, I think three episodes, but two days of shooting. But that is an interesting. I don't know if you've ever been on a on a on a big warehouse uh, set like that. I I had never. Um, they basically have three cameras that that stay in the middle of this big corridor, uh, basically kind of a hallway from set to set, and they just move it up and down this big warehouse on all these sets that are pre built. It's really wow. it's very fascinating. That's awesome. And you also had a small role in the movie Twister. Yeah, I played one of the bad guys in uh, Twister. Uh, I was there the entire time. Uh, um, I didn't had to, you know, don't look for me too much. The flying cow ended up with a bigger part than I did. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a trip, man. That was a that was an amazing experience. Uh, a lot of different little stories from that. I will say that uh, Bill Paxton was an amazing leader, a great man. I even uh, give him a little shout out to him in the first book, uh, Cracking the Networking Code. Just a really, really great guy. And uh, it was a wonderful uh, experience. You know, I, I think back on that movie in the sense of, you know, of all, there's tons of bit, bit players and tons of movies. But to be a bit player in a movie like Twister, just, I don't know, if just like if you're going to be in one, that seems like a, like a good one to be. And people really seem to like that movie. I it's it's not a very good movie so i'm really glad that people i guess it's an awesome popcorn movie you know yeah absolutely so did you aspire to something bigger in acting or did you realize at some point that speaking and writing was more your gig i mean you are doing that now obviously well yeah 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 back in my 20s i thought i thought they were gonna have to make room on mount rushmore that it well you know i thought it was gonna be the acting mount rushmore was gonna be pacino de niro uh, nicholson and Lindsay. i mean i had that i thought that was the way that was gonna go mm-hmm so yeah. yeah, so but you, but you really realize that acting, you're there's so much, uh, you're taking such a such an incredible risk, and and I think the way to make it as an actor now is really really to do it what Sylvester Stallone did, or uh, Ben Affleck and and Matt Damon did, which is you know write your own you know write your own stuff, you know control your projects. Yeah, that was so brilliant. I love. Sylvester Stallone's story about how Rocky came to be. And if you have not heard that, I, I won't bore you with the whole story because we're going to be coming up against our break here in, the, in, the, in about two minutes or so. But look that up. You know, look Google Sylvester Stallone. How did Rocky get made? It's a fascinating story. And I also do love how Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote Good Will Hunting. And, you know, it's so funny because everyone thinks, oh, that movie succeeded. It was an overnight success. No, they paid their dues for about 10 years first, didn't they? Yes. Yes, they had. They Yes, exactly. They were you know, learning, learning the craft, making the relationships, making the connections, you know, working their way into the, into that, um, you know, the system. And so, uh, I mean, there's a lot of other stories like that as well, you know, Orson Welles, uh, Citizen Kane. I mean, you know, you just, I think the more you can, the more risk you can take and the more, more you can organize and get the product as clean as you can to the public. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we got about a minute or so to the break. Tell us if you can real quickly about your rock bottom moment and how you got out of it. Um, well, you know, I'm not sure when you say you get out of it, you know, no, I can't do that in a minute, buddy. That's a crazy okay. one, but okay. I can tell you, I can tell you that you slog your way in and you slog your way out and you just have to make it, you make, make, make the next day better than the one before. But, yeah. uh, but I, my, my bottom was, was significant and, um, my way, my way out is probably probably 30 to 50 things that I've had to do better, uh, uh, daily. 
Absolutely, yeah, and that probably wasn't quite fair, giving you only about a minute for that. Because but I, I will say, I will say that you got to get your sleep. I will say you need to breathe. I will say you need to drink your, you know, drink your water and eat your protein. How about that? And get there some exercise. Go. How about that? Absolutely, you've you've got to get yourself in a healthy routine if you are feeling like the world is crashing in on you. Just focus on the things that are good and right and noble and true, and and do productive things. You will eventually. Uh, work your way back out of it. We are coming up against our very first break. My very special guest this week is Dean Lindsay, and we will talk about some of the work that he's been doing in the authoring world. He's got some books, and we're going to explore some of these things right after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay uh, with us. Don't go away. We'll be right back. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Are you stressed out? Because if you are, you're not alone. In fact, research shows that over 73% of all Americans report symptoms of stress, which is a key factor contributing to mental and physical illness. And that stress is usually related to work, money, or relationships. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Dean Lindsay, and we will talk about his book, How to Achieve Big Fat Goals, here momentarily, and fat is spelled P-H-A-T, just so there's no confusion about that. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, this week, the release of my new book, uh, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, available on Amazon, in Barnes & Noble, and any fine retailer near you. Also, you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free. Uh, a review would be fantastic. That would be very meaningful. And you can go back and listen to any past episode that I've had. This show is over six years old, and I'm abundantly blessed to have experienced this. So, Dean, let's talk about your book, How to Achieve Big Fat Goals. What was the inspiration for this? That's a great question. You know, I, Big Fat Goals has been with me since the beginning. Um, I was retained by Western Union, and they asked me to create a goal-setting program for 
for them uh, back in 2001, and I wrote Big Fat Goals, F-A-T, and it was all about weighing a goal down in your mind, making that goal heavy. It's got to be the heaviest thing. It's got to be the fattest thing. And I have uh, been training on Big Fat Goals and even put some insight around um, goal setting and goal uh, goal achievement in uh, the second book, um, uh, The Progress Challenge. Uh, but I knew that I had not done justice to the topic or to my insider information on it. So I um, took that information from the Progress Challenge, uh, spruced it up, uh, uh, put the fat uh, PHAT in there and kind of shined it up. But oddly enough, one of the one of the reasons I finished this book was was Bill Paxton passing away. Mm. Um, he died on February 26th on my daughter's. 20th birthday and my daughter came in and told me and when she told me i was stunned because wow. because bill paxton it was the force he is almost like fire or water or he was just a, he was a monster of a positive man and i just sat there going wow none of us get to stay here mm-hmm. we're we're all going and yeah. and i thought I'm 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 going to I'm going to produce something. I'm going to keep going and Big Fat was next in line and so um I pushed that book into overdrive and um pushed it all the way out the door. Yeah, it's so important to have a big reason why to do something. It sounds like he was such a force in your life that you had to do it to honor him. To honor him or just oh no, it's more like honoring human life of yeah. of just his it's it's honoring that by him not being here and him being such a and we didn't hang out that much i mean he was but you could just see him on the set you could just see the way he he did interact with me the few times that he did or many you know several times that he did because we were the only guys from texas so there was that connection sure um and um just a great guy i mean just a great guy and yet he is not here and so I just um, I knew I had a lot of and still have a lot of other unfinished things and so um, and I guess probably him, him doing that you know him dying on my daughter's birthday too and then I've heard the one you know coming in to tell me so it was all those little things but uh, that was the that was the catalyst was just you know because writing a book is not really that challenging the challenging thing is is the wrapping it you know the wrap the editing and the wordsmithing and the you know laying it out and making it cool and you know, and choosing your size of the book and choosing a graphic designer and working with the graphic designer. And then what are you going to put on the back cover? It's just, it's the, all of that is much more cumbersome, you know, than just the writing of a, of a book and then staying, then staying committed to it. It wasn't just, you know, getting the copies of the book. It's, it's how are you going to position that book and how are you going to market that book and who gets a copy of that book? And then you, then the, you know, then there's never a day, once you were an author, there's never a day when you, couldn't do something proactively to get that book seen and heard and appreciated. Sure, sure. So let me ask you, what is a fat goal, P-H-A-T? A uh, fat goal is really the same premise of F-A-T. The, uh, fat is a slang term for pretty hot and 
tempting, pretty hot and tempting. And most, most of us make our goals big enough, but not fat enough. And when I say that, I mean, you can't do everything. You're going to have to make choices and you're going to make it based on what is fattest in your mind at that moment. What's prettiest, mm-hmm. hottest, and most tempting. So the way to stay committed to your goal is to have the conviction that your goal is the fattest option of all the different options of things you can do with your time. So that's what fat is, big yeah. fat goals, pretty hot and tempting goals. Yeah. Is that what makes this book so different from other goal setting books out there? Because I've never heard that expressed quite like that before. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes and this book is a goal, really a goal conviction book. Um, you can stick a wig goal on top of it and a smart goal on top of it. It's all those things. But the, the and people talk about knowing your why. I don't think it's that simple. You don't have to know your why. You have to strengthen and continually re-remind yourself about your why. You're going to war with the with the with an infinite with a finite um, uh, tool, and that is time. And so you can't. You're not going to get to do everything. You're going to have to choose, and you're going to do something. That's the other thing. You are you are pursuing something. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's, why do you think so that's the premise of the book? Yeah, why do you think people don't achieve everything they want in life? What do you think contributes to that? Lack of conviction. It's a lack of conviction. It's a, it's it's well th- that they want. That's an interesting question, Brian. None of us should achieve everything we want. We should achieve what we want. That is the. Mo- I mean, I would. I want to watch all the Netflix shows. I want to go through Jack in the Box and eat all that food. I, that's what I want. <laughs> so I mean, I shouldn't. You know what I mean? But I want right. other things more. So I guess. I guess I don't. Uh, you know, you, you shouldn't, man. I, if I if I achieved everything I wanted, <laughs> I'd be about seven hundred pounds. I mean, uh, you know, right. uh, 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 <laughs> and I'd get I'd get all those big steaks for free because I achieved that. You know, I'd ate it in an hour. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. So, so I, I guess the the main reason is because we you 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 can't do and have it all, but you can do and have everything you want more than anything else you want. It's the conviction. You can have everything you're convicted to achieving, but you also have to understand that you have to stay committed. And that's why I call this book a goal conviction book. Conviction leads to commitment, and commitment leads to consistent action. Um, there's a quote in the book. I'm not sure. And you've been doing this this program seven years. Has anybody ever quoted Pat Benatar on your show? I don't think so. Go for it. Here we go. With the power of conviction, there is no sacrifice. Yes. I love that. With the power of conviction, there is no sacrifice. One of the reasons we don't achieve everything we want is because we don't have the conviction that some of the things we want aren't so – we don't want to sacrifice. So we, oh, I can have that too. Well, no, you can't, you can't, but you also can't think in your mind that you're sacrificing that activity. You're not sacrificing. You're making a better choice. Like if you – like here's my example on that. Let's say you, you wanted to be the ideal weight, and one of the ways you're going to be the ideal weight and super healthy is you're going to you know, work out every morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. So you're going to, you're going to go to bed early because you're going to come and, get a, and go to bed at 5 o'clock in the morning. 5 o'clock, you know, you're going to go work out. So your buddy calls you up at 8 o'clock and says, hey, you want to go out tonight? And you say, no, I'm going to get up and go, go, go run, you know, go work out in the morning. Well, he doesn't just leave it right there. He's going to say, no, come on. It'll be fun. And guess yeah. what? It will be fun. You can't say, no, it's not fun hanging out with your buddy. That's fun. So you've got to have more reasons. It's got to be – and he's going to make it fat. So he's going to try to make that go fat. Come on, I'll buy the first round. Come on, right? He's going to try to make that fat. That no, yeah. no, 
No, he's not doing anything wrong. That's what a buddy's supposed to do. So you have to have fatter reasons, you know, pretty hot and tempted reasons for you to say no to that activity. But it's not a sacrifice. It's the power of conviction. Exactly. So mindset comes into this somewhere, too. I mean, people don't achieve the things that they think they want because they, they just aren't mentally strong enough or they, they don't have that conviction, like I guess you said. Yeah, but the, the, you know it's interesting. You said that about the about the the strength that that they just got to keep trying. We got to keep. You got to strengthen the strength, right? I mean, you don't. Just, yeah. You're not just born. You're not just born with it. Or I mean, those those are muscles that can be strengthened. There's consistent activities, um, you know. But you, like I said, it's it's patience and persistence. I think that's that's lacking. And but but we also we the, the term give up we give up well you can't give up on something you are convicted of or committed right. to so we're right back to that right exactly so there are six rules in this book about big fat goals we don't have to go through all six of them but maybe hit the highlights what what do you think are some of the most important components of setting a big fat goal well, you know, when, when I was doing a lot of interviews on this, people would talk to me. They'd always jump to the first one, which is you got to write them down. And everybody knows that. So, I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything new in this book in reference to the fact that you got to write them down. But one of the things that I, I try to encourage people to do when they write them down, and one of the other uh, the goals is to not say what you don't want, say what you do want. So a lot yes. of times we're writing goal to remind ourselves of past mistakes we've made in the po- in the in the past don't don't write a goal in 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 a in a negative way i i you know i don't smoke you know say i'm a healthy breather you know or you know choose the positive not the not the negative yeah absolutely and i think one thing that people fail to do sometimes is to have a specific date sometimes people say well i wanted to start this you know this year sometime well when what day Oh, I don't know. No, well, no, pick a day. It's important. Absolutely. No, having an achievement date and then working back from it is is uh, vital. Uh, one of the things I tried to do in Big Fat Goals is, is I call them crafting. So instead of setting a goal, you're crafting a goal because hopefully you're crafting it in such a way that it actually propels you towards its achievement because craft can be used as a verb or a noun. So it's the goal actually becomes a craft that once you reread it, it doesn't just remind you of the goal, but it propels you into action because you've written it in a positive, enticing, fat way. Yeah, I love that. So we've got less than two minutes to our next break. Tell us a little bit how you've leveraged your book into opportunities. You, you've you done some speaking. You do some coaching. What else? Um, well, you know, the, kind of the neatest things that's been happening with this book is organizations buying them in, in uh, multiple copies and uh, seeing how that their products and services are a step towards somebody else's somebody else's goal, like uh, Fast Signs. Uh, they bought 700 copies, flew me up to New York City, had me sit in the international franchise, their international franchise expo uh, booth, and they put a sticker on every one that said, choose fast signs, we will help you achieve your big fat goals. So they knew that the people weren't coming there to buy, the goal wasn't to buy a franchise, the goal was to live the life they wanted to live because of the franchise they they chose to buy. So that's been one cool way, and then the other neat thing, Brian, I'm very, very, very proud about this, it's starting to be used um, in for graduations, eighth grade graduation, high school graduation. Nice. You know, so a lot of more uh, students are are snagging copies, and that's going to be the next big thing here over the next couple of months. Is is different ISDs uh, coming on board and PDAs right. and yeah, you know, stuff like that. 
Sounds great. We're coming up against our break. We will come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Dean Lindsay. And once again, you can pick up Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and any other fine book retailer starting tomorrow. So excited about that. Dean, let's talk about sales. This is one of your areas of expertise as well. It's not about putting yourself out there and shoving yourself in someone's face. It's about attracting, getting people to want to come to you. So one of your favorite topics is business attraction magnets. Tell us about that. Be a BAM, becoming a business attraction magnet. That's right. So what is that? Tell us about that. Well, it is all about attraction. And it, uh, I, I, was, I was introduced to uh, the, the, the great Dowdy Walters, um, founder, one of the founders of the National uh, Speakers Association and the author of Speak and Grow Rich, um, told me in a seminar, she, she was doing a seminar and, and was talking and she said, she, and I looked it up. the The word "sales" comes from the Scandinavian root word meaning to serve, mm. to serve. And you know, service is attractive. You know, you know, being you know, trying to attract people uh, to you. So it's not something. It's not something that you uh, kind of force upon somebody. So what I've tried to do in all my sales training programs is really try to try to put a, a series of things. You're talking about value over price, and you're talking about listening. You're talking about empathy. Uh, you're talking talking about being curious, asking open-ended questions, um, doing individual market research. You know, I, I talk about internalized reasons create movement, but they're not your reasons. They're the reasons that your prospect is is um, choosing to internalize, which is why you need to get to know your prospects. So that's that's all the things that kind of go into uh, into a BAM program, but they're always customized for you know different industries. Yeah, how do you think that social media has affected BAM, the BAM philosophy, for better or for worse. 
It has for better and for worse. Absolutely. I think people make assumptions that just because they're making an impression that it's a progress based impression and that it, it's only progress based impressions that are attractive. Yeah, it, it's not just an impression. You can make a social media impression. And you want people to be aware of you, but not be- beware you. You know, you don't want them to be. Yeah, I know that. I know that guy. He, you know, he posts all that crazy stuff. So I think in the negative, people make assumptions that just because they're they're engaging, that they're doing it in a progress-based manner. And then if you are doing it in a progress-based manner, and I can dig a little bit more into what I mean by the progress-based manner, then it is a, it is a fantastic tool for making a series of progress-based impression. And that's what it takes to build priceless business relationships, progress-based impressions. And if I, if I may, I'll tell you what I mean by progress. Sure. And this is really the headiest thing that I talk about in any of my programs, and it's, all, it's in every book. Everything we do, when I say we, I mean the big, huge, collective we. Everything we do, consciously or subconsciously, we do because we believe the perceived consequences of those actions will be us feeling the unique right mixture of what I've labeled the six P's of progress. Pleasure, peace of mind, profit, prestige, pain avoidance, and power. Again, those are pleasure, peace of mind, profit, prestige, pain avoidance, and power. And so to be a BAM, you need to be able to show people how your products and services, them building a relationship with you, helps them see you as progress, the unique right mixture to them of pleasure, peace of mind, profit, prestige, pain avoidance, and power. And if you do that, then you are attractive. You are a business attraction magnet. Yeah. I love that. That's great. That's a really great paradigm. So listen back to the show and get that again. That's fantastic <laughs> stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I was kind of threw it out there really quick. But that is, that's the premise. You can get the books, too. It's, uh, the six yes. piece of progress, it's also the way you weigh down a goal in your mind. That goal has to be able to show you how it can bring you those six Ps more than any other option you could choose to do with your time. There's benefits in being the ideal weight, but there's also benefits in haagen Yes. I agree. I approve this message. So <laughs> where can we find your books now that I'm thinking about it? Word up. You can get them, of course, on Amazon.com. Um, but the best place is DeanLindsay.com. That's D-E-A-N-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y.com. DeanLindsay.com. And there's nothing better than that. Let's talk about networking, what it is and what it isn't. Because I think people don't think about what networking isn't. They just assume that if I throw a business card in your hand that you'll call me. No, you won't. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I've, you know, that topic is very near and dear to my heart. Cracking the Networking Code, Four Steps to Priceless Business Relationship was my first book. Kind of was the one that kind of put me on the national and international um, uh, you know, market or radar or whatever. Mm-hmm. But networking, networking is not selling anything else but yourself. But it's also not meeting people. There's a big difference between met and net a big difference between meeting someone and the real goal of networking or digital marketing building priceless business relationships so it's not handing out cards it's in fact it should be you should most definitely focus more on receiving cards not not handing out cards but even even more importantly what are you going to do on behalf of the person you got their card to show you again our progress yeah. you, you've already made you know this reason so many times when people talk about networking on other programs and know or you know programs on networking you know talks or books on networking 
they talk about how to deliver solid first impressions. Well, the reason we talk about that is because that's the easiest thing to talk about. We all know we want the firm handshake. We all know we want the eye contact. We all know we want the listening. You know, so it's it's after that that you have to get to know the person so you understand what how you can be progress for them. Yeah, and I go to networking events, and you know, I if someone offers me their card, I'll take it, and they'll say, "So where's yours?" I'll say, "I don't have cards today." Why not? I said, "Well, here's my magazine." Love some it. people are some people are blown away by that, and some people just don't get it. It's like you need heart, you need cards. No, I don't. Right. Not that I'm a rock star or anything like that, but Paul McCartney does not carry business cards. I'm pretty sure. True, true. Uh, when uh, I have not uh, met Sir Paul, but if I did, I doubt I would get a card from him. Exactly, exactly. He might offer you a CD, or I mean, everyone knows who he is. I can't imagine anyone not knowing who Paul McCartney is. Although I'm sure there are people out there who don't. But That's yeah. True. I mean, to have a card or to not have a card, what do you think about that? I don't think – I think that's a personal preference. I don't, I don't make a big deal about it. I think, I think it puts more pressure on the person – I don't say pressure, but responsibility, you know, that you're going to get the other person's card. But I would say that you don't need to hand out cards. You need to get other people's card and find a reason to reconnect with them and not just – see, the problem is – is that we get the other person's card, but we didn't have a real conversation. So we know we're supposed to quote, quote, follow up, but we're very limited with what we can say in our follow up because we didn't meet them. We're left with stuff like nice to see you or nice to meet you. Hope to see you again soon. Bye. Because we didn't have a real conversation. So the real key is to have a, have a conversation that leads to a next step. Yeah. How do you deliver a good solid first impression when you're at a networking event trying to meet people? The number one thing is to focus on being interested in the other person rather than trying to be interesting to the other person. So you're going to do a lot of um, positive things, uh, much more than just delivering a solid first impression. You're also doing individual market research um, by understanding more about them, what makes them tick, and, and how you can be progress. But if there was one, if there's not just one tip I would give, it would be that one. It'd be be interested, not interesting. Yeah. And what's so fascinating, too, about that, my best friend is very, very good at this because inevitably we end up talking a lot more about me than we do about him. And I've mentioned on a number of occasions, I would like for you to speak first sometimes. And he's like, no, I'm I'm more interested in what you're doing. I'm here to help, which I love and appreciate. Uh, but you know what? You remember people like that. If you make the conversation all about the other person, they remember that. And you attract a lot more people into your circle that way, right? Exactly. Exactly. So do you have a specific strategy? I know that you talk about being more interested than interesting. But is there a specific outcome that you look for when you meet people for the first time? The outcome really is the next step. What I'm going to do on behalf of that person uh, to make another progress-based impression. So, if I'm going to learn, I might you know be learning something about that person, either their hobbies or something that's going on in their business that they need help with, or something you know a connection that I can make, some something I can do to help them, you know, move forward. It might just be meeting them, introducing them to somebody else in my in my network, but. Um, my main, my main goal when I'm networking with somebody that I want to build a priceless business relationship with is to find the next step and then, and then wrap that conversation up, let that person go to go have conversations with other people and then just being, being proactive and get that next step in within 24 hours. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be emailing or calling or making, making some, some, some type of a positive, 
um, action on my part uh, for that person within 24 hours uh, to get another progress-based impression in. Absolutely. We've got probably three minutes to our next break. Tell us about your show, The Dean's List. I think that's clever. Thank you so much. Yeah, I partnered with Sync Lab Media here in uh, Dallas, uh, Texas, and um, we started shooting the episodes of The Dean's List, the upbeat show with the ever-growing list of things you need to know to help your business grow. Nice. <laughs> and we've got a bunch of episodes in the can, uh, about 35 episodes. We've we put out about 15 or 16, and then uh, CC, the C-Suite uh, Network um uh, contacted us and they'd watched a couple of them. And so we went through the kind of the, the, um, uh, the dance to see if uh, we were good partners and we were. And so we're very honored that the uh, C-Suite uh, network TV p- picked up the show. And so now it can be seen in a lot more, um, uh, you know, re- regularity and by, you know, a lot bigger platform. Um, so we know we're real, we're real pleased. So we've got, uh, some episodes, which are just uh, standalone, where I'm going over the code uh, from cracking the networking code or uh, the BAM, some of the tips from um, becoming a business attraction magnet. And then we've got other episodes, which are interviews with people like uh, Catherine Munson, the CEO of Fast Signs, uh, Brian Cuban, Mark Cuban's brother, uh, Vince Vicente, uh, Dr. Darren Martin, just a lot of different uh, thought leaders on on variety of, of uh, business subjects. Fantastic. Where do you want that to go? Great question. I've always um, liked, you know, being being on camera, you know, kind of in a host uh, capacity, and feel pretty good about my um, interviewing and uh, skills. So, uh, I would I would love uh, and will continue to pursue um, getting the show seen uh, more. Uh, but it's you know, Brian, it's going to really come down to sponsorship. Some you know, getting some advertiser who believes in us or you know, doing something with that. So. Um, you know, it's, it's out there. The, it's kooky. You know, the hardest thing is really just get it stuck going and get it out there. We didn't, we didn't even know C-Suite TV existed. They contacted us. So you just, you just kind of, kind of get stuff out there and, and, you know, don't back off. But at the same time, uh, I have, you know, I guess I've kind of, I started to have, uh, high intentions and low attachment. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, great. We are coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this show is going. It's so much fun. And uh, I'm here with Dean Lindsay, and we will talk about his latest book after the break, Think Progress Leadership, Not Change Management. I will ask him the difference between progress leadership and change management, and I think it's a fascinating discussion. We'll come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. Down the stretch we come on the other side of this break. Be right back. To motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? 
I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. secret? Apparently most women can't. According to a London study, on average, a woman can only keep a secret for about 32 minutes. One in ten women quiz said they'd had a falling out with a friend over letting secrets slip. Plastic surgery, people involved in dalliances, canoodling, and relationship problems topped the list shared in Hugger Mugger. Do the Britons gossip more than Americans? Probably not, but they certainly read more tabloids. What's a word for the enjoyment of reading about another's troubles? Schadenfreude. A quidnunc is another word for a gossip. And Alice Roosevelt Longworth said it best at a dinner party. If you can't say something good about someone, sit right here by me. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Dean Lindsay. And if you have not yet subscribed to Success Profiles Magazine, please go ahead and do that. Go to successprofilesmagazine.com. We have four issues in the can now. The first one featured Kevin Harrington on the cover. It was an outstanding issue. Can't wait for you to, to partake in that. So go ahead and find Success Profiles Radio or successprofilesmagazine.com. You can find Success Profiles Radio, too. That's not a problem also. Listen to yeah. any episode. Uh, back on the website. You can also download and subscribe for free. So, Dean, tell us about how your speaking career got started for you. Where did that come from? Wow. You know, the speak the speaking career started really just very, very um, uh, locally. You know, got involved with um, uh, the Collin County uh, Chambers of Commerce and uh, started really just putting my shingle out saying that I could, I could um, um, you know, speak. And then... Uh, Man, you know, some little baby little little speeches at the Rotary and Lions Club and Ambucks and and then the chambers come around and say they want you to do half day programs and then uh you know, so it man, it is it is, you know, it is slow going at the beginning and then some some, you know, friends that were in corporate uh, America had had, you know, groups that that could retain my services and then you get some endorsements and then you get a headshot and then you get a big big speaking thing where you can make some videos so you do some videos and you share those with everybody and nobody wants nobody bothers to watch them so you got to write a book so that they'll pay attention and then yeah uh you know so it just it's just this slow uh evolution but i you know really kind of going back to dotty walters and her statement about uh sales and service she also uh one of the things she really uh instilled in us young speakers back in the day is to get endorsements so uh, I mean, every speech I would do, I would make sure that I got, you know, people saying, 
you know, what they thought about it. And fortunately they liked it. And so, you know, I was able to kind of build out my, uh, endorsements, which led to bigger clients and, and bigger opportunities. And, and so here we are. Yeah, absolutely. And so your corporate consulting career stemmed from your speaking. People found you through speaking first to do that. They found me first through speaking. Now they find me a lot through the books and just so much different things on, you know, the, the different digital marketing platforms or the different different um, websites that I've written articles for and things. So now it's kind of a, a blend of of different things. And then good SEO, you know, Brian. There's nothing 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 like good search engine optimization for people, you know, searching those keywords that 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 you know bring you an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about embracing change. For many people, this is a bad word. Why do you think that's not the case? Well, I think change is a bad word. I, I totally agree with that. And change management is even worse. I think that's a. I think that's a very poor phrase to describe what's happening within the organization. People do not like change, and they certainly don't want their change managed. But the real challenge is the fact that all progress is change. But yes. not all change is progress. So True. it's not it, we're using the term change when really we mean change we don't like, and then we use the word progress. Well, we wake up every day to change. We just want things to get better, right? So people say they don't resist change. You know, I say to employers, if you got a team member who says they don't like change, offer them a raise. They'll take that <laughs> change, right? Yeah. They'll take that change. We wake up every day, like I said, to change. We, ju- we just want things to get better. So. When I looked at the term change management and I really saw how, you know, what my, my views on that, I realized that, you know, if the organization, no matter what they were dealing with before, if they think this next thing they're about to do is a step in the right direction, that's not change. That's progress. It's not change management. It's progress leadership. Yeah. And that's the subject of your upcoming book. And that's the subject of the book. Think progress leadership, not change management. I mean, divorce is progress to somebody. Yes. That's right? true. Down, downsizing. Downsizing is progress because the organization views that the alternative would be worse. Yes, that is right? true. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, a new technology, let's, let's think about change management. Here's some new thing we got to roll out. Well, the reason you're rolling it out is to be, is to be competitive. The real change management would be, oh, we're not going to change anything. And, you know, everybody can just relate to the downward spiral we're about to go through. Yeah. Sometimes when you're in a company and you announce a new pay structure and they, they call it progress, well, it's progress for the company, but it's not progress for the employees. That's not fun. No, it's not fun. But here's what needs to happen on that regard. And maybe, you know, sometimes people need to look at the bigger picture of, yes, I mean, again, everybody's got their own different scenarios. And you're absolutely right. There is sometimes when things are greedy and there's sometimes when things just look greedy. And there's some ways, some things that aren't, sometimes they don't kind of counterbalance it with other initiatives or but you know I, I but everything has to be positioned and that's that, that's exactly the premise here Brian you've got to think how can how can you how can this be progress for the as as many people as possible even if it is um a pay structure reorg or a benefits um new plan right i mean the, mm-hmm. the, you you've got to think about how if you want buy-in, if you want to just explain it, that's one thing. But it, it, the, a lot of this, the, the, the think progress leadership, not change management, um, was spurred really by me digging into this one quote from the author of The Little Prince. And he wrote, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up people together and assign them tasks and work to collect wood, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. 
Mm. I so like that. You, yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, if you te- if you tell somebody to go get wood, that just means they that they know you want them to go collect wood. But if you teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea, they want to be on the water, and then they go, hmm, I got to yeah. get on the water. I need a boat. I don't got yeah. nothing to build a boat with. I got to go collect wood. Mm-hmm. And the implication for business is that you're empowering somebody with a greater vision. That makes the the change or the progress leadership element a lot easier to incorporate. Absolutely. Yes. Then they stay. Then they, now see, we're brought back to that term conviction. Now they have the conviction to be committed. You don't want them to know. You want them to have conviction. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is so awesome. I love that. And how far away is this book? It's probably, what, about six more months away? That's right. That's right. Awesome. And so if we wanted to stay up to date on when that is going to happen, is there uh, a way that we can vibe with you and try with you and be involved? Absolutely. You? If you go to DeanLindsay.com, uh, scroll down, there'll be a place for you to sign up for the progress report, some uh, newsletter we put out there, um, uh, web-based. And then, of course, people can go on to, to Facebook and, and uh, you know be a fan and, and all those things. But uh, uh, you can definitely be looking for it. Think progress leadership, not change management out in the fall. That's fantastic. And so let me ask you, because I, you like to write, therefore you probably like to read. So what are some of those influential books that you've read? Hello? I'm sorry, you cut out there, Brian. Oh, I was, I was asking you about some of the influential books that you've read. Oh, well, um, uh, the two most influential books that I've ever read, one is the Bible and the second yes. By Dr. Victor Frankl. Man's Search for Meaning. Yes, sir. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's good too. I that's two very very good books. For me, I would say um, the Success Principles by Jack Canfield is also really outstanding. I spent all of 2005 when that came out reading and rereading and rereading and rereading that book. It was so impactful. I love it. And I got to have Jack on uh, when his 10th anniversary issue came out in 2015. That was a really fun show to have him on. Wow. So, yeah, he was really great. So let me ask, what is the scariest thing you've ever done? Almost quit. And what brought you to that place? Selfishness. Lack of gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to be cryptic, but yeah, the scariest thing I ever did was was almost decide not to keep trying. Yeah. And, that's and then scary, what, scary. right? Yeah, and then what? And then what? And then what do you become when you've chosen not to not to try to become yourself? Yeah. You become what other people want you to be, and that's a horrible existence. Yeah, well, you don't even do that very well. So, I mean, that yeah. was the probably the that you know that was the scariest thing was was, and that's not a that's not a short term scare. That was a like it's talked about before spiraling, but it it really comes from a selfishness and a, and a lack of gratitude, and and um, I'm nowhere near that place now. Good, neither am I. It's great to be out of that valley and and ascending. It's. Nothing better. Yeah, but Nothing that's better. What, you know what? That's a good way to say it. Ascending, and so that's what I mean. Also, by the spiraling in and spiraling out, we're still ascending. You know, and you, so you, you just keep, you just keep, keep rising. You know, yep. and you keep learning, and you keep growing, and everything's not going to go in your direction. But you know, it, it, it can all, it, the pendulum can can still be moving in a forward overall direction, and that's certainly yep. been happen, been happening since I, since I decided to to give my best daily. 
That's awesome. Less than three minutes to the end. Who inspires and motivates you, Dean? This is the question I ask everybody at the end of the show. That is such a good question. Um, I don't know if I have a one-person answer. You know, I used to, you know, I, I, it, my first answer back in the day would have been Dr. Victor Frankel because he really was an interesting guy, that man search for meaning. And then sometimes I might even say my wife or, or um, even my kids inspire me. Um, but now, um, because I'm getting a whole lot back into music, it's a lot of musicians. It's a lot of you know people that are taking risks um, musically. I know we didn't get into my music stuff, but now, but now it's um, now it's musical visionaries uh, like Prince <laughs> or yeah. Elvis Costello. Yeah. If someone wanted to hear samples of your music, where could they go to do that? Thank you. You can go to Spotify. Look up Dean Lindsay. We've got a three-song EP on there. Um, uh, Dean Lindsay, D-E-A-N-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y.com. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not .com, just Dean Lindsay on Spotify. But we also have a 10-song, uh, got an album coming out, uh, Amazing Grace Revisited. It'll be out uh, also b- b- um, before the end of the year. And he's very talented, everybody. Check him out. His music is great. So... Yeah, you're so welcome. So if you were starting over today, knowing what you know right now, what might you do differently? I would run my own race, and I would have um, tried to understand nutrition better uh, earlier. Not that I ever got crazy, crazy overweight, but um, uh, I think, you know, being being, – honoring the vessel you're given is a big – deal so um but also like i said my first tip there was run your own race is really just um to that own self be true and not looking yeah. at what other other don't judge yourself don't a friend of mine told me don't measure yourself with somebody else's yardstick and i was guilty of that for a long time to thine own self be true you go shakespeare all right ah. all right dean thank you so much for being here it was an honor and a privilege to have you here my friend thank you what a big honor for me man you got big the big leaguers on this show Yes, thank you so much. And go to DeanLindsay.com to check out everything about him and thank all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 Eastern where I interview world-class achievers and learn how they succeeded, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn from them. And until next week, you have a great week, everyone. And go check out Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers at your nearest bookstore or on Amazon. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. part of success profiles radio with your host brian k wright each week we'll explore different aspects of success and help